Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined with Kenny Sargent, Crash Gladys, and Statman. Here's the Freaks. Nation, thanks for hanging out with Lucas Oil Studios. We are 13 days away from being 22 years old, Freak Nation. 22 years of doing this thing. Thank you, Lucas Oil, General Tire, and everybody else has been a part of this big old thing. Statman started out at 22 years old. Statman will turn 44 coming up in June. Good to have you in here for uh, one of your 40th birthdays, Statman. Were you even 40 when we started this thing? (laughs) Yeah. That's not <laughs> <laughs> out of the top of the show. We start calling out the ages there, Freak Nation. Yeah. yeah we don't want to do that. Again, follow us on Twitter. Richie, how old were you 22 years ago, oh. Skip Jack? Been over, yeah, I feel like we go over this every week now. Oh, I, I was know. Nine. We do. Okay, you were nine years nine, old. Nine years old, yep. You, you, might be t-shirt. you ought to get a T-shirt that said, I was nine. And, <laughs> yes. and just, that's all it is. I was nine. And then everybody <laughs> asked me, what was that mean? <laughs> be sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You might be watching us on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitch as we speak. Again, thank you guys for hanging out. Big show for you, Freak Nation. Coming up, we have uh, a motocrosser that's never been in the Freak Nation, and he's back on a bike after a big-time injury. Joyce Sabataji will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. I think that's how you say his name. I've been watching video interviews of him, and two people have said it differently, so we're going to go with that for the time being. He's uh, running in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross outdoor season. And a girl by the name of Gray Ledbetter. Good to get her here in the Freak Nation. She's done something that no woman has done in championship off-road racing. She won a race. A pro race, not an amateur race, pro race. There you go. Won a pro race. She'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. And more coming up. Your stat man, Scat. Again, a lot of things coming out of the Formula One garages, IndyCar garages, NASCAR on the road course this weekend, just like IndyCar. Uh, and there's something that we, we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time on in regards. It'll, it'll all center around stat man, Scat, and some of the ass has fallen off the seats, whether it's in your home or there at the races, uh, when it comes to IndyCar. We'll explain that scenario Coming up here in the Freak Nation, and I'm going to look Can at my. Can they fall off the seat if they weren't there to begin with? Okay, no, they were just... there once before. They were there once before, a long time ago, decades but... ago. Let's just say those asses that are falling off are not being replenished with younger, tighter butts. Got that? Okay. Yeah. Richie, okay. nice look hmm. that you had there. You were trying to contemplate what the hell I just said, so I appreciate your <laughs> uh, your participation in there. And Stat Man, by the time we get through this first segment. Uh, Deshaun Watson will have another lawsuit filed against him. <laughs> yeah, I think the New York Times is up to 66 now. 24 <laughs> have actually filed paper. And uh, we guaranteed $230 million to the guy that destroyed the rest of our uh, uh, roster because of the salary cap. I mean, just it just let's not that's something else we don't need to go into. Well, hold on just a second. Hold on. Just wait just a goddamn minute. All right, you guys get a bunch of track lane, not to jump around like a bunch a of Nazi. That's <laughs> <laughs> your kind in the Great War. <laughs> he kicked a living out of you. 
causing truck drivers to pull off the road right now in laughter. Mel Brooks is the man. I wonder. It's not Mel Brooks. That's Slim Pickens. No, Slim Pickens. But, but, but Mel Brooks wrote that, didn't he? Yeah. He, well, there's yeah. There's many. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a Mel Brooks movie. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, no, hold on. Even Crash is, even Crash is pulling rabbit holes off the shelf. Can you believe that? She, mm. she joined the Hall of Fame last year. And now she's pulling rabbit holes off the shelf. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Take your cynical hat off. We've got about a, a minute to contemplate this. If the things that were, no, I don't even want to go there. I, we will, I will back, I will back up a back hoe. Don't of rabbit like holes if I go, go if I said what if there was a Deshaun Watson type in NASCAR oh, <laughs> well, there just no. might be hey hold there on I think yeah oh my gosh yeah, I was ready go to go there, there. No, I was don't. ready to freaking go there there is arguably one but yeah. oh crash oh I'm my gosh say- you can email her at statmc at speedfreaks.tv <laughs> my gosh <laughs> oh. my freak nation those stray emails that have been falling into my <laughs> mailbox. You've been dropping that at people believe you after a while. I actually do, man. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're going to do, Freak Nation. We're, I'm going to back that. I'm going to back that truck out of that conversation because I don't want to go there right about now. Uh, coming up, you got Crash Gladys Pit News and those results over the weekend. She'll be giving those to you. Thanks to our friends at General Tire. Formula One, IndyCar, the head of the FIA and the head of IndyCar. Uh, we get to that in the next 20 minutes. Coming up, Speed Freak Spits and the Lucas Hall Studios. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Do what all freaks do and go to GeneralTire.com. It's as hot out there. Make sure you're rolling on a new set of General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com and make sure ride. Make sure your ride has a fresh set. Ooh, a fresh set. I said shit, Crasher. I know. A fresh set, set of General Tires. Crasher. Well, the Lucas Oil Motocross Series kicked off the Motorhead Weekend in Thunder Valley, just outside of Denver, Colorado, where yes, the high heat of this entire weekend had a big impact on the racers in the Mile High City. In the 450s, Tony Caroli was at great out of the gate, grabbing both pole shots, but the heat and endurance caught up to him near the end of each of the 30 minutes. Ken Roxon pulled out a large lead in Moto1, but inside of five minutes left, no one matched the speed of Eli Tomac, who went on to the win. Chase Sexton had the second Moto win in the bag with more than a lead of, lead of more than five seconds, but he went down on the final lap with just a few turns to go. So he handed the lead to Ken Roxon, who held off Tomac for his first moto win of the season. And Roxon also claimed the overall. In the 250s, there was a new winner in Levi Kitchen as he handled moto one with ease. And then Hunter Lawrence took home the second moto. But brother Jet Lawrence won the overall with his second places being tops on the day. IndyCar raced at Road America up in Wisconsin. And one Mr. Joseph Newgarden is now $1 million richer. Well, sort of. After dominating on the road course, he became the first driver to win on all three disciplines. In IndyCar, ovals, he won in Texas. Street circuits, he won in Long Beach. And permanent road courses like Elkhart Lake on Sunday. Because of that, he picked up the million-dollar bonus, half of which will go to his favorite charities, and the other half to himself and the team, Team Penske. Give NASCAR's Xfinity regular Brandon Jones a ride in the ARCA series on general tires and he'll find a way to get it into victory lane. He's had two starts this year and now two wins. Charlotte two weeks ago and then, of course, 
after the rain delay Saturday night, a.k.a. early Sunday morning in Iowa. Two starts, two wins. Brandon Jones again coming up later on in this show. Sticking with the stock cars, the NASCAR trucks were the first to hit the pavement this weekend. And Kyle Busch extended his truck series lead with a win in Sonoma. And then it was Daniel's Amigos, baby. Daniel's Amigos punching tacos. Daniel Suarez, his first win ever after 195 starts in the Cup Series. Massive props to the team and to Daniel Suarez on that first win. Huge for NASCAR. Of course, if you miss anything, you can also go to racer.com and speedsport.com. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. General Tire was born more than 100 years ago, right here in America. We've spent the last century tackling every kind of road this country has to offer, and especially the places without roads. So you know that with General Tire, anywhere is possible. It works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined.
Freak Nation, fuel prices, uh, they're out of here. They're off the charts. What about some Lucas Oil fuel treatment? More mileage on the the gas, the gas fillers. What do you call those? Fill up the gas tank. There you go. Filling up the gas, you get more miles per gallon with Lucas Oil fuel treatment. Crasher, how old was Henley when she used fuel treatment for the first time? Was she six was or two seven? years ago? So six. If a six-year-old can apply Lucas Oil fuel treatment before a gas fill-up, then you can too. You want more mileage for these high gas prices? Then go with Lucas Oil's fuel treatment. For more information, go to lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com. Statman Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Rich, Richie C. Suave here in the Freak Nation. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Coming up, your Statman Scat. We're going to go bumping around on some open wheel uh, road course racing here in a moment. The 24 Hours of Le Mans this weekend, Crasher. Mm-hmm. And the novice, like me, I just did a little research on the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and I never knew this. Pardon my ignorance, that man. It's not who comes in first when the checkered flag waves. I don't know if they roll checkered flags. Yes, it's the one do. who, do they? Yes. It's the, well, they roll the checkered flag when time's up, right? Yes. yes. I had no idea that it was the person uh, that runs the most laps wins the race. Which is typically <laughs> the one in the front. Usually. Usually. Uh, well, no, that, yeah, yeah you're right. But uh, they showed it in the movie, Ford versus Ferrari, that they gave the win to a different Ford in 67, uh, was it? Uh, where the one Ford was oh, ahead and held, uh, you know, slowed down so they could have the picture of all three cars going across the line at first, but they gave it to the guy who crossed the lines in second because he was 20 yards further down the track and went that much further distance. So yeah, I don't, that it was as crazy then as it was in that explanation <laughs> I just gave. <laughs> well, I bring up the twenty-four hours of Le Mans only because there is a driver, Philippe Simidomo, I believe that's how you say his name, a sixty-two-year-old bronze-rated driver from France that was set to co- to compete in this weekend's race in the Pro Am LMP2 class with TDS Racing. However, this happy bastard, Richie, do you have that video? Pulled up, my friend, that tweet. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you're going to see a video, but you, but if you're listening to us, you're going to hear Dario Franchitti talk right over this crash. Richie, go ahead and play this video of this uh, old-ass dude running in the oh. LMP2 class. Well, asking if the driver was okay, they gave me the thumbs up, said yes, he's okay, but they were packing up all the computers and they were all heading back across the garage. So obviously that with the concrete wall certainly going to be a sober. All right, so yeah. Dario Franchitti, he was he, he was commentating on the playback of the wreck. And if you saw that on YouTube, you'll understand where we're coming from with this guy. It's a pretty big wreck. Yeah. yeah. I trashed the front, it's trashed the car. And it's not just because of this wreck that he lost control of his Orica 07 Gibson. Of course, Statman had that in mind. Knew exactly what the hell that was. Was it Orica? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Like I say, uh, 24 hours of Le Mans. <laughs> I'm, I'm more into 24. I actually know more about 24 hours of lemons than I do about 24 hours of Le Mans. You also know more about Gibson being a music guy. You know yeah. more you about go. Gibson. Than yeah, anything. what the hell is it? Gibson Les Paul doing in the race there, yeah. dog? Exactly. 
So th- this old dude explained to the stewards that he has competed in the LMP2 cars in the ELMS. I would imagine what that that's the electric Le Mans no, series. No. no, it's a European Le Mans. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, ELMS has raced before with American Le Mans series as well. Now, this dude's cr- not only crashed uh, the crash that we saw there, but in FP1, which I think, is that Friday practice one crash? And FP3, <laughs> is that Friday practice three? <laughs> that one, you got me, but okay. I would say no. <laughs> it's free practice. It's free, there you go. Bam, yeah. see there? <laughs> free practice one, free practice two, there you go. All right, this guy's crashed a lot, damn it, and he was suspended. <laughs> He says, you're not running. <laughs> the steward says, you old bastard, you 62-year-old bitch, you are not going to be running in the 24 hours, 24 hours of Le Mans. That's and probably the- what they said, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're done with you, right? bitch. <laughs> you have cost millions, and it's only Friday. Right. So you're done. You're not racing the rest of the weekend. Richie, can you look up real quickly how you say bitch in French, please? <laughs> <laughs> Chien. Chien is female dog, so yeah. Okay. So some Chien. <laughs> some Chien. <laughs> there is a segue here, Freak Nation, that, that I actually will know something about. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. Jesus Christ. Palomino. Oh, not a NASCAR. Nazi. Yeah. Would you ever see, is there anything in place, Crasher, in the IndyCar series, if Skipjack Central, a backmarker, continues to wipe out cars and practices, that they'll say, you know what, young man, young woman, you're out of here for the time being. You're suspended. I don't know of a rule in that. Are there parameters in NASCAR? Ross Chastain, where you've got Denny Hamlin you're punching out, Chase Elliott you're punching out, and you you take responsibility, but these drivers are calling BS. You're talking about from WWT Raceway last, last weekend. weekend yeah. Right. Where he's punching out these guys that are going for race. Ross Chastain, by the way, who has two race wins. Why you're running so damn hard and you're playing innocent man over there like I had just got the best of me. That's sure that's not what the hell he said. He probably said it in French, right? He, own- <laughs> he owned it, mm-hmm. but yeah, it did make others question, okay, why are you racing at this level if you are understanding that you're making so many mistakes? Yeah, I don't know. In the modern, Statman, help me out here because I don't know if in the modern era of NASCAR or IndyCar, if drivers have been asked to sit out the weekend. I mean, my mind defaults to Dr. Jack Miller in the IRL days, mid 90s, of being ridiculously off the pace and just nothing but a moving chicane out there in the IndyCar series, yet continuing to go on. So I don't know if in the modern era, era anyone's been asked to sit. No, generally, they used to have rules that said you had to run with, with within a certain percentage of the lead car in order to stay on the track. Uh, they had, oh, his name is Morgan. Uh, what was he raced in uh, uh, in the Xfinity, uh, but he was an arriving uh, start and park kind of guy. But NASCAR has a different way of allowing guys on the track. You have to pass certain criteria to even compete especially on the ovals where the speeds are so much greater uh they have to uh, run under observation and so forth and so on um so yeah they have a different way of allowing a guy to get on the track that's a little different than in sports car racing where they sometimes an amateur can get in the field uh he can buy a seat or just get involved in the team and and get on the track and they have to step in and say, no, you're too dangerous. Um, so 
yeah, NASCAR, it's going to be less uh, obvious in NASCAR because Ooh. NASCAR has greater rules to allow uh, drivers to get on the track. So if this some bitch, as Kenny called him, 62-year-old who was asked to not participate in the rest of the weekend for the 24 hours of Le Mans, if he was a bronze driver coming in, does he get those bronze credentials pulled for the next race or two or season? Probably. I don't know that uh, if he if he can't, if he's dangerous, then they will, especially the FIA, will say, hey, come on, dude. Right. And uh, then uh, uh, here in the United States, they uh, they do have some rules like NASCAR, to, but that's just on the, the very high speed tracks like Daytona. Uh, but if you uh, can come in and it costs ten dollars to buy a seat and you could get put your ten dollars up, then, you know, you're a bronze driver. It doesn't matter that much. So wow. you're not going to compete, uh, you know, for championships. But. You know, we'll take your money and if you want to get in there. But they do have an obligation to everybody else to uh, not let him compete. It's dangerous. Yeah. Stop crashing. Stop costing other people money. We'll take your $10, but stop costing other people their 10 Yeah. Well, listen to his explanations to the stewards. Again, this is the driver, Sima Domo, 62-year-old, 24 hours of Le Mans. He, th he thought he was going to be running in it until he's demolished too many cars. The driver explained to the stewards that he competed in the LMP2 cars previously in the European Le Mans series without incident. And the incidents during the Friday practice one or free practice free. one and the free practice three represented momentary lapses. Momentary lapses. Those two words you don't want to hear from a GDM driver when it comes to racing. No. I don't care if it's mini bikes or LMP2 cars. Sorry. Just had a brain lapse. All right. Next. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that can't be used as an excuse when people's lives are in danger. Further, he stated that he felt that he had gained experience throughout the pra <laughs> practice sessions and felt more confident in his capacity to compete. You're in a race for 24 hours, billions of dollars worth of equipment and companies. It's like the stewards finally stood up and said, bro, and, and I'm, I'm quoting them, brah. We've concluded that your pattern exists that cannot be ignored at this time, some bitch. That's your pattern okay. exists. <laughs> wow. Excuse yes. me, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. It's that's just that you know, and those are the same people who took Lewis Hamilton's eighth championship away oh, from here we go again. Same mindset. <laughs> and that's always on the top of my mind when it talk when you think about the FIA. <laughs> the only driver in NASCAR that I can think of with a lengthy suspension, and I'm sure I'm off here, is Kyle Busch in the truck race at Texas Motor Speedway, where he hunted oh. down Hornacek, Hornacek, Hornacek? No, Ron Hornaday. Ron Hornaday. Jesus Christ. Jeff Hornacek, former guard of, <laughs> listen, uh, Ron, <laughs> Ron Hornaday. <laughs> he hunted him down at Texas Motor Speedway. And ran him down. That was dangerous. After yeah. the race. Yeah. And Kyle Busch was suspended for a while. That's the only driver that comes to mind that had been well, suspended. Matt Kenta speared uh, Joey Logano and was elected to the Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> he was, yeah, he did not sit out a race either because of that, did he? I don't, he maybe, maybe won, but, you know, he hunted him down and speared him into the wall and got elected to the Hall of Fame this year. 
Yeah. Kyle Bush will be in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, but, but listen, and and even for Matt Matt Kenseth, they should have had what's the when you watch the the old Army or Navy movies where the the submarine uh, looks through the eye thing the jig. What was the what the periscope periscope? And you see, no, no, no. you I see, like, see I think jig. He, you see the target on the <laughs> ship that they're about to shoot. That's, that's what NBC or Fox should have done with Kenseth and just labeled, put that around the side of Logano's 22 because he torpedoed that <laughs> right in the wall. Was it Martinsville where he did that? Well, I just remember they had to drive up the hill to get to him. Uh, yeah. Well, out of that last. 10-minute conversation, we might have gotten, well, we might have gotten six out of 15 facts straight, but uh, you understand my point here. <laughs> we talked a lot about thingamajigs and some bitches. Yeah. I just... <laughs> Chien. <laughs> I'm just curious if there are laws, laws, bylaws in place in American motorsports to kick out drivers because they literally crash too much, and they're not. Have, have Have you ever seen anyone for the Daytona Twenty Four say any of the stewards say you're out of here, Skippy? Hmm. Uh, it's probably happened, but I, you know, they they have rules that say you can't get on the track unless you uh, pass certain criteria, observation. Hmm. So. Um, I think every series has that. I know IndyCar has that. Their rookie orientation program. NHRA has it. Yeah, NHRA yeah. has that. Yep. So, yeah, I think you're right. There's there's somewhat of screening in order to become a pro and to get your pro license in whatever series it is. But, yeah, beyond that, withdrawing them or penalizing them from from further participation, I'm not sure of. Well, it, maybe we could look it up. That's a lot of work. I, I understand it is, and sometimes we've got to uh, expend the energy to to get it done, Crasher. But mm. uh, you know, while, while Richie's sitting there looking up his freaking hockey trading cards, he could have looked it up <laughs> while uh, while we were discussing that. He's he's just nine. Come on, give him a break. Yeah, he's just nine. <laughs> get the shirt. Get the shirt. I'm just nine. I was nine. Ah. <laughs> Uh, it's human greatness. We uh, we we made light of a subject that, uh, frankly, it's a very serious subject. I'm just I, I'm wondering if if there is anything in set for Ross Chastain and what happened in St. Louis if this continues with his what what do you say, Crasher? Just driving over his no no yeah driving over his head or driving over his limits yeah right yeah something along those lines. So, yeah, there you go, Freak Nation. Uh, I don't know whatever kind of re resolution we had there. Uh, bear with us. We'll we had that Ross is a two-time winner in the Cup Series, and he is apparently just a bronze status if he were to go worldwide. Got it. Coming up next, your Statman Scat in regards to IndyCar. It's a part tour for Statman. Uh, where are the people going? Or where, why aren't the people coming to watch this series? We'll get into that conversation uh, in regards to IndyCar and the popularity and and. Jumping off of that into how Formula One seems to have it right with what they're doing. But first, here's your Statman Scat. First of all, thanks for the big response to last week's look at the Indy 500 TV ratings. They were the worst ever for Memorial Day weekend race. You were interested, so let's look a little bit deeper. Many in racing lose sight of the fact that the vast majority of Americans are not race fans. 
Even the Super Bowl draws less than half the U.S. population. But why is the Super Bowl the largest TV audience every year? Because the NFL understands the fans cheer for brands and stars, not the game. Let that sink in. You cheer for or against Tom Brady or the L.A. Rams. You don't cheer for football or an IndyCar's case, the Sunday's race at Road America. Most successful racing promotions like NASCAR or drifting aren't selling the competition, they're selling the competitors. They're pushing Joey Logano or Chris Forsberg. Fans believe it matters who wins and loses the contest, not the contest itself. I bumped into a TikTok video this week that had great marketing rules. Have a message. Communicate it clearly and quickly and remind people so they don't easily forget. In the case of IndyCar, the message should be the drivers, not the race. In the words of former Dallas Cowboy running back Dwayne Thomas after Super Bowl VI, if it's so important, why are they having another one next year? Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. That man playing off your scat in regards to the IndyCar series and the ratings were the lowest since they started ratings for the Indy 500 or just in recent years? No, it's the lowest ever for a race on Memorial Day weekend. Only uh, the only race that was worse uh, ratings on TV. Uh, wow, that was a terrible sentence. But the, the only one that was worse was uh, when they in 2020 when they moved the race to August. So I think the question that we're, I don't know if it's a question or a statement or just a fact that we're presenting here. Uh, what is happening to IndyCar? Statman in his scat, was, the, the one thing he zeroed in on was the promotion or the recognition of drivers, not the race, but the recognition of drivers and the lack of recognition of their drivers. Formula One where their drive to survive. You know those drivers thanks to that series. I know those drivers thanks to that series because, frankly, I really paid no attention. I paid little attention to Formula One other than when I needed to for this show. It may sound sacrilege, but I didn't give a damn about it. But now that I'm invested in these drivers and these the names of these drivers and their personalities, I'm into it. I'm into the Indy 500 because I know these drivers, but not a lot of people have followed IndyCar for 22 years like we have. So we're we're invested in these guys. So what's the problem, Crash? I mean, Richie's the newbie in this. What's the problem with getting to know these drivers if that is actually the problem? Well, the problem stems back to their the series marketing department. And if we're going to talk about this race, the Indy 500 in particular, the tracks marketing department as well, of which that marketing department in and of itself is very small and very narrow-minded. They don't do a great job of marketing their facility throughout the entire country, even though people do fly in to see this big race from the entire country, from the entire world. So yeah, it all goes back to, like Statman said, messaging, and the messaging is falling on deaf ears. It's just plain not working. It, I, I would take it even a step farther from they need to market the drivers better. They just need to market this as an entertainment product better. Because even without the drivers, you 
even without marketing the drivers, you had a guy like Alexander Rossi this past week on Twitter going to battle with somebody saying, I'm only four laps into watching the replay of this Indy 500, and already I can see it's a far superior product to Formula One and sports cars combined. Of course, that's Alexander Rossi's opinion. But... You know, he he's trying to market the product like, oh, my gosh, you have great entertainment. This is a sports product that you guys should be liking. But in the same time that he's saying that we need to like it because of you guys, because of Alex, you basically going off on Connor Daly or, or I mean, they did the amazing race together. Mm-hmm. That should have been the marketing department inside IndyCar should have taken that and run with it. They did it. They just expected the TV show The Amazing Race many years ago to just do their job for them. That's not how it works. You have to put in the effort, IndyCar, your marketing department. And if you can't, find someone who will because you're sucking hind boob right now. The movie Driven probably <laughs> drove people away from IndyCar. It was so silly. And uh, in fact, when I said that in a... Uh, Something I wrote I free, and in one of my scats years ago, people locked me out of the thing, said, you're never get invited again. We don't want you around here, uh, you know, because I didn't like the movie and I thought it was silly. The movie was uh, horrible. Yeah, well, yeah. Besides that, it wasn't any good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, but yeah, we're fans. That's the bottom line. We're fans and we follow it. But if they would get invested in the personalities of some of these wonderful men and women, they could see that the the overall population will find some interest in it. Freak Nation coming up next, Joey's back in pro motocross. That's next. Speed Freaks Pits and Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, motorsports radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Lucas Oil, it works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. <laughs> Dear Lucas Oil, I've used your heavy-duty oil stabilizer in my truck for years. It now has over a half million miles. It's not a diesel. It's never been rebuilt. Your oil stabilizer does exactly what it says it'll do. It has extended the life of my engine. Just want to say thanks. Sincerely, Josh H. Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer. 
it works. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, almost 22 years of doing this. And a lot of those 22 years, I don't care if it was uh, Jeremy McGrath's interview in 20, in 2000, or if it was James Stewart's first interview at 15 years old with us, or Ricky Carmichael running the 250s back then. Uh, we've been a proponent for outdoor and, of course, Supercross. Joy Savacci joining us here in the Freak Nation, who unfortunately had a, a hell of a, a knee replacement, a new ACL back on the bike. And it, it, if there weren't guys like you, Savachi, I don't know if motocross could survive where you get injured, somebody fills in for you, then someone else gets injured and you fill in for them. What a strange set of circumstances for you, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, it's never ideal to get hurt. Um, but, you know, I think in our sport, it's, um, it's unavoidable. So uh, with that being said, it, an unseries um of events that unfolded took place and at one point i was bummed missed the supercross season and wasn't sure what was going to go on and then the next thing you know we're we're going racing um back with the team that that i originally made my debut with uh, in the 450 class so uh yeah things work out in a in a very strange way sometimes but um you know for me this time around it uh it worked out uh best case scenario Look, man, grabbing a top 10 for your first race back at Hangtown, some people may look at that. What? Not a top five, but, bro, for you working back from a torn ACL, getting on the bike for the first time in real competition, how do you chalk that top 10 finish? Um, I don't know. I'm a racer, so obviously I always want to do um, – I always want more. But, I mean, all things considered, I hadn't taken a gate drop since the third weekend in January. Um, and like you said, I, I had the, an ACL tear that I had fixed. So, um, basically it was four months off the motorcycle and then we had 13 days of actual riding time going into the first round. So, you know, there was a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, the goal was top 10. Um, I do feel like, um, I did leave a, a decent amount on the table. So, uh, we went to work this week, the team and I, and, um, I feel like we've made some, pretty good changes so i look forward to obviously i always look forward to coming to colorado i've had uh, good success here in the past and um i look forward to coming here this weekend i do believe that uh we'll be a little bit more competitive and uh, have a little bit more fight in me so you know again i'm a racer so i always want more but with that being said um you know we got ninth overall and 
hadn't had a gate drop in over four months. So all things considered, it was uh, it was a good building block. It was enormous. I mean, it's still incredible to me what you guys as dirt bike riders go through on a daily basis. I was going to say a week in, week out basis, but on a daily basis, the, the brutality on your bodies is just crazy. So when you say that in your first moto back that you left a little bit on the table, were you riding purposely, conservatively, and when do you think that might end? Um, I wouldn't say purposely conservative, but, you know, um, it just became habit because the last, really the last two weeks that I rode before I had my knee fixed, I was riding with a torn ACL. So, you know, anytime I put my foot down, it was, it was very painful. Um, so there is a little bit of PTSD there that I'm still cautious about. Um, there, there was also some other issues that I was dealing with, um, not related to my knee over the weekend. Um, that, you know, I knew was going to be an issue. It was just a matter of when we were going to discover the bug and, and get it worked out. Um, so, you know, without going into a crazy long story, we, we've got, I believe we have the work of it all out of the way. And, and from here uh, forward to just continue to get better and to improve. Okay. Well then clear this up for me, please. What is this taco deal you have going on with Jason Anderson? <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I think it's a taco deal that will never get solved. Uh, yeah, you know, I've known Jason for a long time and believe it or not, he's, uh, he's pretty stingy when it comes to, uh, spending money. So he does owe me tacos and, um, I would like to claim some, um, his win last weekend was big for him. Uh, I'm sorry. My phone's freaking out. That win last weekend for him was big. Um, and I would like to claim a, like a small, tiny, tiny percent of, of help in that, uh, because the last two weeks, um, and my first two weeks on the bike, we rode together pretty much every day. Um, and obviously him coming off supercross winning the last four in a row, you know, he, he had the confidence and he's fast and he, um, again, I've known Jason for a long time, so we're really close and, and he's been more than open to helping me, um, Going to the practice track during the week, you know, we do our motos together and uh, whether he goes first and I try to stay with him as long as possible or I'm the rabbit and I go first and, you know, it's it, just to try to run and hide for as long as possible and give him some to chase. So um, uh, besides the tacos, I'd like a, I'd like a little bit of credit on the win, but, uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's just, uh, it's just a taco bet that, that uh, we made. Uh, honestly, it's been so long now. I forgot when we made the bet and what it was about, but I do know that there's a continuous rollover on the IOU. So at this point, you pretty much owes me a complete, uh, taco franchise at this point. Hey. So I'll, I'll, I'll have to work it into the next deal. Yes. Yes. He owes you a franchise. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Joey Savachi, Supercross rider. Uh, Joey, is it? The Supercross guys are getting faster and faster. The injuries are getting greater and greater. Is there a, a limit to how fast you guys can go and uh, keep from getting injured? Or is your mindset just that the heck with the body, I'm going for the win? Um, that's a fine line. I think, uh, I think anything is dangerous if you do it enough. You know, driving to work is dangerous. So that question is, is a hard one to answer. Um, you know, I think every year everybody advances and bikes get better and we get better and we learn more. So um, I do, I don't think we've reached 
you know, the, the peak of how fast we can go yet, which is kind of crazy to say mm-hmm. and, and to think about. But, um, I mean, I, I guess it depends who you talk to. I'm, uh, I tend to be a little bit more methodical and, um, you know, I have two kids at home. So by all means, I know the risk I'm taking and I'll do whatever I have to do to win. But, you know, I also know, know the fine line, um, and know when the risk is worth, worth the reward and when the risk isn't. And that's just, um, that's a balance that's, that sometimes is, is hard to find. And, and sometimes I do, you know, I do misjudge it, but for the most part, as long as you can have a level head and, and weigh out the, you know, the benefits and what can come from it, if it goes well, and what can come from it, if it doesn't go well. And I think if you can do that, uh, you know, you, you tend to, uh, have a pretty good, uh, train of thought. Is it possible to train injuries out of the sport? Uh, as much as I would like to say yes, I don't. I don't think that's possible. Um, you know, there's just so many variables in the sport, um, and a lot of times it's out of our hands. You know, whether it be a mechanical issue or or another rider issue. Um, you know, we we have our fair share of whether they be serious injuries or nagging injuries. Um, you know, not not every single one of those injuries um, is a fault of our own to say. Um, so. No, the, the easy answer is no. I don't think we'll ever, ever completely get rid of injuries. Um, I think as, as we learn and, and the years go on, um, I think we learn more from the safety side of things and how to avoid maybe the unnecessary risks that are out there. Um, but yeah, I think just with motorsports in general, unfortunately, there's, there's no way to take, uh, take risks out of it. Let me ask you something a little lighter before we move on. Uh, I think tacos are one of the major food groups. How do I get in on one of this? How do I get out on this bet? Uh, that's a good question. Um, and if you're making the bet through me, you'll probably get your tacos much faster than if you make the bet through Jason. So uh, I would keep that in mind with, with whatever proposal you have moving forward. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, so you're taking, no, I don't have, you're, taking, you're taking all proposals, Joey. And it's up to me to throw it out there. I mean, I'm I'm all ears. I'll, you can never say no to something until it's been presented to you. So, uh, you know, I'm all ears. All right. All right. I, I got a pretty good track record with uh, at least an IndyCar driver and team owner now who uh, we had a big bet. Only he had to shave his head. Uh, we're not talking about tacos here. So uh, let's and let me think on that a minute. Crash, you go ahead. Let me think on what the bet ought to be. Well, I was going to go with Joey on how he just mentioned there's really no way to get rid of injuries in any part of motorsports, any facet of motorsports. However, I did notice that during your downtime in Supercross, you got into sim racing. You're four-wheel racing on the sim, aren't you? There's no injuries, at least yeah. not that I'm aware of yet, on iRacing. No, it's um, honestly, it's something that I, I kind of, um was an interest of mine for a while but i just was really hesitant um to, to, to go through with it you know for me i've always been the type of person that if i'm going to do something i want to do it right so you know it was really hard for me to justify hey like let's just go we'll, we'll buy a just a cheap setup and you know we'll go play i, I really had to sit on it and, and kind of think about it for a while and then um actually it's a good time for a sponsor plug. I actually got in contact with uh, Moza Racing, and um, they they were willing to to uh, hook me up with uh, with a system. 
um, in exchange for, for some social media posts. So um, after a lot of contemplation, I ended up going through with it. And uh, I love it. Honestly, it's something that um, other than dirt bikes, I, I thoroughly enjoy doing. And, you know, there are, it's very limited injuries. You know, you might catch a <laughs> finger in the wheel when it snaps back on you or something. But uh, I would say, yes, it is, it is a bit safer than uh, racing dirt bikes. Joey Sabachi joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios, motocross pilot. Again, outdoor season in full swing. Back on a bike after torn ACL. And when you switch bikes, when you're running for somebody else, how much input do you have on the setup of that bike? And do you kind of pull away with some of the things things that you say to the, to the engineers, afraid of offending them? Or do they say, bro, we're all ears. We can make any changes. Well, normally I would say that that is uh, one of the tricky spots of, of being a fill-in guy. But considering I have past history here, um, you know, I rode for this team in 2019. Um, I, I'm pretty familiar with everybody here. and We've all worked together at some point. So, you know, there is a little bit of ease on that side of it. I know everybody and they know what I like. Um, but they've made it very clear from, from day one that, you know, I might be – um, you know, a quote filling guy, but I'm their guy and, um, you know, and, and I'm their responsibility for, for the summer and, and they want to take it as serious as if I was, you know, the, the normal guy. So, um, that's something that they've been really good about and, and, um, very helpful as far as from, from the data side, letting me know, you know, w- what's going on and why the bike is reacting the way it is and, and really just educating me. So, um, normally I would say that might be a little bit of a tricky situation, but again, I know everybody here pretty well and, I've been around them enough to know that uh, at the end of the day, it, it's it's a business and, and they want to do well. And you know if that means that you have to say what you have to say, then that's what you have to do. So uh, for for me, there's no reason to hold back. It doesn't help me any, and it doesn't help them any with um, as far as advancing motorcycle and making it better. Well, going back to your results then and coming off of an injury and really impressing overall. I know you're a racer. You want to be up front on the podium all the time, but that level of comfort of coming back to work with people with familiarity of you and you of them, that speaks volumes. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, I've always said this. Um, I, I'm not somebody who is a, I, I am, I would say I am talented on motorcycle. Um, but I'm also, I also work really hard. And for me, I'm not normally somebody that can take a lot of time off and then come back and be good right away. Um, I've always been somebody that repetition is my friend and seat time is my friend. So um, obviously taking four months off, uh, fresh off injury, um, an injury that I was really unfamiliar with, never thankfully had any knee injuries in the, in the past. Um, there was a lot of unknowns, but coming into the team with familiar, with, with familiar faces, I would say for me, I've, I almost surprised myself with how fast we were able to adapt um, and kind of get back into the rhythm. I'm definitely far from being, um, you know, at 100% comfort level. But considering, again, you know, I, I had less than, than two weeks of riding time going into the race. Um, I, I still, that's my thing that I had to keep reminding myself of. You know, I want to do better, but I also had to remind myself that I've never been a guy that's been able to come off of vacation or, or something and, and be good right away. So the fact that we were able to be as good as we were considering the circumstances, um, I think speaks volume to how well, how well the team has, has adapted to me coming on and, and how good of a job they've done at, at making me comfortable on the motorcycle. 
Well, Joey, this is awesome to get you here in the Freak Nation for the first time. 22 years of us doing this thing. You've been on that bike for quite a while, man. Thanks for doing this. Good luck to you for the rest of the season there, buddy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. You bet. Joey Zavatachi. Versace Savachi. Joey Savachi (laughs) joining us here in the Freak Nation. And we can't talk about it enough. And I know Statman feels odd talking about this, but the injuries in Supercross and Motocross, it's – it just seems like we're talking <laughs> a lot about these damn things. Everyone that we've talked to so far uh, this year, we've always talked, they're either coming back from, they're in the midst of re- rehabbing from, or they're, they've got to get back into the swing of things after yeah. having. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. These guys think about different things in the morning when they wake up, but I've got to <laughs> believe that, uh, the speed has something to do with it. You can't, you can't be that fast without, uh, when you get off the bike, you're going to have some serious injuries. And yes, the safety for these guys has improved over the decades, but not by leaps and bounds like it has in four wheel racing. It's, it's just your body is exposed, your neck, mm-hmm. your knees, your, uh, stomach, your back, all of it is exposed. You can use chest protectors and all of this, but still, man, it's just you and the bike. My knee hurts right now just thinking about it. Yeah. Coming up in the second hour, Freak Nation, Brandon Jones, Xfinity Series pilot, got himself a win in the ARCA Series. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Gray Ledbetter, she has done something in the truck that no woman's done before her. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined with Kenny Sargent, Crash Gladys, and Statman. Here's the Freaks. Second hour of the Freaks, Lucas Oil Studios. Coming up this hour, Gray Ledbetter. She's done something in the truck that no woman has ever done. We'll share that with you. Not much motorsports this hour. Did you miss last hour in our conversation about the IndyCar Series versus Formula One when it comes to driver recognition? I spent a lot of time on that. You can check that out on our website, speedfreaks.com. TV. Be sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're there for to get the website, speedfreaks.tv. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, thank you guys for hanging out. Don't know how much you need to bang around about Formula One at this point, but the fact that uh, we could, we've brought up, would you say, Crash, Stat, we've brought up Formula One over the last <laughs> eight months than we <laughs> ever more did. More in the last six to eight months, yeah. And more in the last eight months than we have in the previous 20 years. Arguably, yes. <laughs> it's been every show for the last six to eight months that something has come up. And yeah, Kenny, you weren't a big fan of really even giving results for a time there. You know what it is for me? And it's just ass hattery. And we, we used that last week. There, 
Richie, was it you that I was having the conversation with you and Crasher that it, it, we were talking about having, like, Kenny, if you were asked to speak at a you know, college graduation. Yeah. With the only advice that I have for oh. 20-somethings graduating, just one line. I would say this line, drop the mic, and go. And it would be the greatest speech that these college grads ever heard. Just don't be a dick. That's it. <laughs> don't. Don't. I don't. The excuse, well, he makes $44 million. He's got uh, He's got room to be the D. Nope. No, he Nobody doesn't. does. No Nobody. one on this planet. Not your president. Mm-hmm. Not your mom. Not your teacher. Not your barber. No one mm-hmm. has the place on this planet to be a D. Mm-mm. And getting back to the whole Formula One conference, I just perceive Formula One to be a bunch of D's. And Bernie Ecclestone and every freaking Schumacher, more importantly, Ralph Schumacher, every time we tried to have a run-in with these guys, they just came off as being D's. So I just put the D behind me. (laughs) Well, also new ownership. When Bernie left, you also kind of sort of kind of turned and said, okay, what's it going to be like now? Yeah. And and I battle with that from time to time. It's I, I battle with that with... Some of my favorite sports teams where people will crack on the Cowboys and I go, you know what? You're right. I defended them for years. I thought, I'm tired of defending the D's, man. I'm just tired. It's, it's obvious when someone or some team or some owner is a D, you just, I'm just tired of defending these guys, man. And that, that's my point of getting back to Formula One. And now they, they may still be D's, but they're not coming across as D's on Drive to Survive, frankly. It's a lot of D talk. Sorry. It's a lot of these. man doesn't even want to jump in on this. <laughs> no, that, you know, the only place I could jump in is that the Hall of Fame of all D's right now is Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Deshaun. Browns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, I've been a Cleveland Browns fan as long as I can remember television. And uh, I can't, I can't, you can't, how do you cheer for a guy who uh, his old team, wrote non-disclosure agreements for him to give to the women who are suing right now. <laughs> yet, yet, Stat, we re- we continue to sink billions of dollars into the National Football League, and, and but it just there's so their Dennis. yeah, with all the, it just it just feels wrong. It just feels freaking wrong. supporting the Phoenix Suns. My daughter supports the Suns, but they got a D for an owner. You know, it, it, because they're not, you're not selling the owners. You're not selling the game. You're selling the stars and the brand. Mm-hmm. People cheer for laundry. They cheer for some. There's people who will stand up and cheer for uh, Deshaun Watson. I happen not to be part of that, but uh, there's people who cheered for Baker Mayfield. Uh, but you know, I mean, they, the people cheer for whoever they want to cheer for for whatever reason. And that's the point. They're cheering for the personalities, the stars, and the brands. They aren't cheering for the game. Yeah, going back to our topic in the first hour, that is the point of what we've been going around and around about. Yeah. Denis aside, or sometimes Denis is necessary because you cheer for and you cheer against. And that brings popularity. I even saw a tweet from a D on Twitter. Let's give Deshaun Watson a second chance. Yes. He's giving me his 72nd chance. Uh, Morphic's coming up. Got to resume this with affiliates. Speed 
Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates, Freak Nation. Thank you guys for hanging out. Speed Freaks from the Lucas Oil Studios. Coming up, your Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. GeneralTire.com is a great website to find the tire for your next ride or for your ride. A lot of traveling going on, even with $7 a gallon of gasoline prices. A lot of traveling going on between now and September. Make sure you're rolling on a set of General Tires. That's GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Well, the Lucas Oil Motocross Series kicked off the Motorhead Weekend in Thunder Valley just outside of Denver, Colorado, where, yes... The high heat of this entire weekend had a big impact on the racers in the Mile High City. In the 450s, Tony Caroli was at great out of the gate, grabbing both full shots, but the heat and endurance caught up to him near the end of each of the 30 minutes. Ken Roxon pulled out a large lead in Moto1, but inside of five minutes left, no one matched the speed of Eli Tomac, who went on to the win. Chase Sexton had the second Moto win in the bag with more than a lead of, lead of more than five seconds, but he went down on the final lap with just a few turns to go. So he handed the lead to Ken Roxon, who held off Tomac for his first moto win of the season. And Roxon also claimed the overall. In the 250s, there was a new winner in Levi Kitchen as he handled moto one with ease. And then Hunter Lawrence took home the second moto. But brother Jet Lawrence won the overall with his second places being tops on the day. IndyCar raced at Road America up in Wisconsin. And one Mr. Joseph Newgarden is now $1 million richer. Well, sort of. After dominating on the road course, he became the first driver to win on all three disciplines. In IndyCar, ovals, he won in Texas. Street circuits, he won in Long Beach. And permanent road courses like Elkhart Lake on Sunday. Because of that, he picked up the million-dollar bonus, half of which will go to his favorite charities, and the other half to himself and the team, Team Penske. Give NASCAR's Xfinity regular Brandon Jones a ride in the ARCA series on general tires, and he'll find a way to get it into victory lane. He's had two starts this year, and now two wins. Charlotte two weeks ago, and then, of course, after the rain delay, Saturday night, a.k.a. early Sunday morning in Iowa. Two starts, two wins. Brandon Jones, again, coming up later on in this show. Sticking with the stock cars, the NASCAR trucks were the first to hit the pavement this weekend. And Kyle Busch extended his truck series lead with a win in Sonoma. And then it was Daniel's Amigos, baby. Daniel's Amigos punching tacos. Daniel Suarez, his first win ever after 195 starts in the Cup Series. Massive props to the team and to Daniel Suarez on that first win. Huge for NASCAR. Motorsports Radio, redefined. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. General Tire was born more than 100 years ago, right here in America. We've spent the last century tackling every kind of road this country has to offer and especially the places without roads. So you know that with General Tire, anywhere is possible. 
Lucas Oil, it works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Check out lucasoil.com for products to keep your ride on the road this summer. I don't care if it's fuel treatment for inside your engine or if it's slickness to make that hot rod look pretty spiffy. Go to lucasoil.com. They have their products to keep your ride or your rides on the road. Gray Ledbetter did something crasher that no woman has ever done in a certain truck series. You care to explain? Yes, it's the Championship Off-Road Racing Series, and there have been women who have won in the amateur ranks, but for all of these years of all of these women racing in the pro ranks, no one has, no woman has won in the pro ranks until last weekend. And that was Gray Ledbetter. She won on Saturday and took home a second place on Sunday, driving a fairly new truck for herself, mm-hmm. at least with Ryan beat Motorsports, And it was just awesome to get a chance to catch up with her. And Statman. You had to remind us that we spoke to her in 2019 when she was an old 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, 14 years old. She's only 17 now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she was racing and uh, bought. her parents were spending a bunch of money. And now she's had so much success. They're not spending all their money anymore. People are coming to her and said, hey, take this money to run our products and run in our cars. Gray Ledbetter, right now in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios. Man, she's old. She's 17 years old now. Uh, Gray Ledbetter <laughs> joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Gray, again, keeping track of your career, uh, it's tough for us. What about you, who's driving all these different forms of cars and trucks? And we'll get to that big truck win, but how do you keep track of where you're running, when you're running, 
as a motorsports driver? I don't. I pretty much yeah. have a list in my phone. That's about it. <laughs> I try <laughs> to keep track of everything that I can. People that I talk to, I say, "Is there? are we actually doing this? Because things had to change at like a second notice. Wow. Well, the, the one thing, of course, caught our interest was this big truck win uh, that you had. And it, again, it's one of many firsts for you running for Ryan Beat Motorsports in the number 28 Bilstein Chevrolet, Colorado. And the big deal about this is you are the first woman to win a race in this series. Uh, did you know this going in? That's the first question. And two, uh, is it true that you just had, what, two, three days in the truck? prior to this win yeah it's very true we literally ryan came up to me last year at crandon which is labor day weekend and then it kind of went silent till about december ish and then all i next thing i did was we started talking january rolled around we started talking some more i went ran and tulsa shootout at the chili bowl and then talked some more february and then next thing you know he's like hey we're going to um elk river to go testing and this was a week before the first race of the truck um but no the 28 chevy colorado it held up and i'm so happy with the finishing results that we had this weekend because my only goal since it was i literally had had two days two and a half now two days in the truck prior to uh was just finish. <laughs> well can you explain the pro spec class i mean i would imagine that I mean, it, I hear spec and I hear in my mind, everything's the same with everybody's trucks. So that means it goes back to the driver. You got a first place and a second place this past weekend. So tell me how difficult that was, not just with lack of experience in the truck, but because everybody else is driving the exact same thing. Yeah, like you said, everybody else is pretty much driving the same thing. All the class, all the difference really is between ProLite is it's a smaller chassis. So all the really old ProLites can come and race again. And it's um, a V6 engine, which obviously makes it a little bit cheaper, and a H-pattern transmission, which helps a lot. <laughs> it's Preferably, I like it more just because my whole life I've grown up shifting rather than um, driving something automatic, I guess you could say. But I don't know. It's just everybody is equal. Everybody's in pretty much the same truck. It's really just about setup and the driver. So was the shifting element, do you think that gave you a, a great advantage going into the weekend, into the season? I think it did. Uh, because, like I said, I've been driving stick shifts since I was seven or eight years old. That's the first time I ever learned how to drive age pattern. So you kind of just get used to it. And then going into the truck, and actually in the truck, you don't really need to use a clutch because of the way the, the gearbox works, which that even helped me much because of driving side-by-sides. Okay. So seven or eight years old. Let's take you back there. What was your first stick shift that you drove? Um, I think it was like a Ford Fiesta, maybe. I'm not Ooh. sure. I don't really remember because I grew up on dirt bikes. So then transferring into like 65s, 85s where you do shift on a dirt bike and then using the same mentality for a car, you kind of just get used to it, I guess. I don't know. I think it was a Ford Fiesta, though, when I was around eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gray Ledbetter, it's great to see you again. You've grown quite a bit in the last three years since we had our last conversation. <laughs> but you've been driving a lot of stuff. Uh, we talked you were in rallycross. Uh, you've been in sprint cars. Now you're in off-road trucks. Uh, what do? Is there anything that's 
at the top of the list for you? Something you want to concentrate on? Um, I think at the moment I'm definitely focusing on off-road and sprint cars. Um, I've drove so many things ranging from go-karts to sprint cars. And keep in mind, four or five years ago, I sat in a sprint car. And my dad and just says for fun because we went to a shop with one. And my dad said, hey, you're never driving one of those. So if that, nice. that worked. Um, but no, I think, I mean, I'll drive anything that I could get into. That's pretty much, I think, any racer's mentality, no matter if it's asphalt, dirt, whatever. But at the moment, we're just sticking with off-road and sprint cars. At the time, you were kind of paying your way into stuff, but it seems like your success may have people coming to you saying, please drive my car. Yeah, so to put it in perspective, uh, I was with Johnny Greaves, which there's absolutely no hard feelings with them. They're literally like another family to me still. But Ryan walked over to the, or Ryan actually called me over to his tent at back at Cranon last year as I was just walking by going who knows where. I think I was walking back to our pit. And he called me over and started talking to me and said, hey, there's this opportunity coming up uh, with Chevy and us and, you know, whatever. And I – kind of was just like okay because obviously everything in motorsports is just talk at the beginning there's no set destination with anything and then eventually a few months goes by like I said he DM'd me on Instagram because I didn't have his phone number at the time we started talking some more talking some more and then next thing you know I'm in a truck and it still doesn't feel real <laughs> wow wow and, and I can't I I want you to have such success we had such a nice conversation before and uh, you were being coached quite a bit by our good friend, Buddy Rice. Mm -hmm. Is Buddy still in your ear? Is he coaching you or have you grown beyond that? I don't want to say we've grown beyond him. It's just uh, moving more into dirt and him being uh, known for asphalt, indie cars, everything like that. It's kind of just taken our separate ways. There's absolutely nothing against him. Love him. He's, he taught me so insanely much, and he helped me get into rallycross, which I could not be more thankful for. Um, it was still one of the most fun years back in 2019 racing those cars. I wish it could have kept going, but obviously COVID had different plans. Championship off-road winner, the first female to ever do it in this series, Gray Ledbetter joining us here in the Freak Nation and Lucas Oil Studios. Let's get back to the basics. You're talking about an H pattern. That's what we were raised on. What the hell other pattern were you running in other cars? What is it? Sequential. So it's basically just up and down. It's for or, wussies, man. What's is it? H pattern is the way to go, man. That's how we were raised, Gray. That's why she's always like a I like it. God, man, <laughs> we're, we're killing the H pattern when it comes to shifting. What's the problem? Playing Formula One for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing like reaching down and grabbing gears. I mean, that's an old saying from Statman, grabbing gears. I mean, you oh, grab the gears, right? Everything that I've raced at off-road has been stick shift. It just hasn't been H-patterned because side-by-side <laughs> like, side is an H-pattern. <laughs> yeah, where do, you, where do you get the paddle shifts when you start doing this with your hands instead of grabbing gears? You got a whole other doesn't work in my brain i tried it and there's nothing against it it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like i should be shifting because there's only two pedals <laughs> yeah that's true i can't get it straight in my freaking lexus i'm going duh, 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 duh. i don't know where i'm down shifting up shifting side shifting or shifting like, I, I, I never get used to it i just want 
I don't want to reach down and grab a freaking gear shift. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, you want to be a man, Kenny? Yeah. Be a man. <laughs> Holy smokes. Jeez. Well, needless to say, Ryan Beat and Ryan Beat Motorsports made the right call in bringing you in this mm-hmm. truck. And I know it's early in the season. And I know, hey, look, Antigo, Wisconsin, it's a great race to win. But really, that championship trophy you want to get your name on is Crandon. And Crandon, yes. not just this race coming up the summer, but the one in September. Uh, what are the talks about running Crandon? I, I would think you're going to be running Crandon. And has there been a discussion on how to run Crandon? There hasn't been. I personally have never run the full track at Crandon, which is normally the championship track. Um, hopefully we're able to this year because of given the truck count, which Ryan has talks, and there's been many talks that they should be around eight or ten trucks by the end of the season-ish. So that'll make it even more excited, and I'm very excited for that because even as we are right now, there's so we're so competitive already as a class. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Crandon. There's really no telling what will happen. Um, and the full racing, the full track, let alone is going to be enough fun for me. Wow. wow. Yeah. When you roll out in Crandon and you see that crowd with that crazy start, uh, I don't know how you don't lose your mind and lose focus, uh, in that. I don't care if there's two or 10 or 20 trucks, how you don't lose focus with that, the sea of people you know, right in front of you. I don't know. You kind of just, when you grow up racing for so long, you kind of just get used to it, I guess. I don't really know how to explain it. It's kind of just like, okay, we're racing. (laughs) It's like, this is what this is. Obviously, you don't want to be in the back. You want to be in the front of it, and you don't want to see the people, but it's racing, so you never know what's going to happen. Okay, that's interesting to me. So do you not, because you have had so many years of racing yourself, do you not get nervous before any race anymore? Do you not have those pre-race jitters? Um, I can say that the first time I drove, not the first when we were practicing, but the first time at the track when we first drove it, when I first drove it, I was a little nervous just because uh, I'd been on the track before, but it's obviously a new vehicle, new team, everything, which I actually was very happy for. Um, but you just kind of get used to it, I guess. I don't know. It's not that it becomes natural. Well, it does become natural, but it's like, the only time I get nervous is sitting on the staging lane right before we start the engine. As soon as we start the engine and we're rolling onto the track, everything goes away and it's just another day in the office. Well, it's it's no joke. <laughs> this isn't a novelty. It is evidence from rally to sprint cars to the trucks that uh, you're in it to win it. Curious if you've had some conversations with other successful women in motorsports as of yet. And what kind of advice have they given you? I've talked to Corey Weller a bunch. I've talked to Haley Deegan. I've talked to, away from motorsports, I've talked to uh, Ashley Filek, which I guess not talked to, but I've texted her because she is deaf, which is absolutely insane to me that she could ride a dirt bike. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many girls that I've talked to. There's so many girls getting into motorsports now. Like, for instance, the Lucas Oil Midget uh, race last night for um, Indiana Speed Week's top the four out of the five girls were the top four in qualifying. And that is a record for anything that they've done before. So there's so many girls just getting into motorsports recently that it blows my mind even because I've, I mean, I've been in it my whole life, so you don't really notice it, but now it's just crazy to see them all coming to the top. Well, it's good to hear. It's not lost on you. You, you realize it's not just an, it's not a novelty. I mean, this is serious business and those names that you rattled off, you understand the circumstances behind 
uh, women winning in in motorsports. It's a big damn deal uh, what you're doing, right? Well, thanks. It's just, I don't know, you kind of just, when you've been racing your whole life, you don't really notice it. But then when you see other girls out there winning, that's when you notice it. Because it's like, mm -hmm. you're, even though you are a girl and you might be winning all the time, you, it's whatever. But then when you see another girl, it's like, oh, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> And that was you this past weekend taking the win, making history in the championship off-road racing series. So yay. So you're a part of history and you're inspiring more women to do it. I never even realized that a girl had never won a pro class, but then I think about it and I'm like, well, there's not really many girls that have raced pro class. I know Holy Deegan's raced a pro light class a few years back and out West. And then I raced pro mod last year, but we were never able to come home with a win just due to bad luck. <laughs> but, um, yeah, whenever they said that after I got to the podium, when they just said it to me personally, I was like, oh, I'd never even like acknowledge that. <laughs> uh, it's awesome what you're doing, Gray Ledbetter, the first woman to win in the championship off-road racing series. Uh, flying those Lucas Oil colors. I'm sure we'll see you down the line soon, given the fact that you're just kicking to butt. Gray, thanks for doing this. Thank you. I'm really happy to have the chance to do it. Bang. Statman, she's grown up a little bit, hasn't she? <laughs> Rolling up a day or two. I'm really, I'm really proud of you, kiddo. I never, I really never realized that you were going to be a part of this. So knowing that you interviewed me back in 2019 is crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and just keep a tinge of that innocence. Just a tinge, please. All right. Yeah, yeah, I will. Because I always remember things, anyways. <laughs> Meanwhile, keep kicking ass. Yeah. That's that's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. First of all, thanks for the big response to last week's look at the Indy 500 TV ratings. They were the worst ever for a Memorial Day weekend race. You were interested, so let's look a little bit deeper. Many in racing lose sight of the fact that the vast majority of Americans are not race fans. Even the Super Bowl draws less than half the U.S. population. But why is the Super Bowl the largest TV audience every year? Because the NFL understands the fans cheer for brands and stars, not the game. Let that sink in. You cheer for or against Tom Brady or the LA Rams. You don't cheer for football or an IndyCar, in this case, the Sunday's race at Road America. Most successful racing promotions like NASCAR or drifting aren't selling the competition, they're selling the competitors. They're pushing Joey Logano or Chris Forsberg. Fans believe it matters who wins and loses the contest, not the contest itself. I bumped into a TikTok video this week that had great marketing rules. Have a message, communicate it clearly and quickly, and remind people so they don't easily forget. In the case of IndyCar, the message should be the drivers, not the race. In the words of former Dallas Cowboy running back Dwayne Thomas after Super Bowl VI, if it's so important, why are they having another one next year? Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Not, Not much, much.
Motorsports. Not much motorsports. Helio or Helio. Not, not, not. Well, not only that. Much, much, much. Thank you, I love you. And headlining the party. Douchebags. Not much motorsports. Freaks. Not much motorsports. Well, Freak Nation, I think you're going to like a couple of these stories. Well, Statman will. In fact, I think one story here is about Statman's life. Okay. Sounds like a positive story. That's one of the great, we should have put it in the first segment. Well, we should have started the show off with it, in other words. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, then we'll get right into it. A man who has a whole hell of a lot of wives. <laughs> Sound familiar, stat man? Yeah. All right. Uh, a man with nine wives. Not nine lives. Nine <laughs> wives, Crasher. Oh, boy. Anxious as all partners want to be the first to bear his children. Oh, God. How ridiculous. It's so good. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. I, and I just, listen, I've got to show you this picture. Richie, you got it pulled up? Nice job, Broham. Look at that. Yeah. For those of you on radio, we are seeing what appears to be a priest almost wrapping his arms around nine ladies and one allegedly lucky man in the middle. Brazilian model Arthur O. Urso has said that he wants to marry two more women despite having a sex rota in order to keep his partner satisfied. What is that? What's a sex rota? Is that like rotation? Oh. Oh. Oh, Author and his wife, Luana Kazaki, are swingers who formalized the union with other women at a Catholic church in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh. However, the marriage stat man, like yours, is not legally binding as polygamy. Polygamy. My God. Polygamy. (laughs) Polygamy. Is illegal in Brazil. I need to stop reading, man. Yeah. I can enunciate better without reading. <laughs> oh, just put Shisesky in front of me, and I'll brutalize that. And uh, Yamaka, I'll crush that one too. Yamoki. <laughs> oh yes. Now Arthur the pronunciations over the last twenty-two years. Arthur has said this. He says the cool thing about all this is that regardless of which of my wives has the baby. The child will grow up with a lot of love and affection from everyone. And confused as all get out. I don't have a favorite wife for this to happen. Right. We're letting it happen naturally. Oh. Naturally. Yeah, there. that's natural. Because yeah. having nine wives and coming up 11 is natural. Okay. The, the octet have different feelings about motherhood, according to Arthur, with some not yet keen to having children. Others, however, are thrilled about the prospect of welcoming in. The baby to the group. I okay, can't. so hold on, hold on. You say octet, meaning yep. he had his original wife, and then these are the other eight ladies. Boom. Good Lord. I can't hide that I'm very anxious. They are all keen for it, he said. I believe that after the first child comes and the others see the whole situation, they're going to definitely want to feel and experience the same. But for now, it's first come, first serve, baby. <laughs> Freak Nation, looking forward to this interview. I had a chance to sit down with Brandon Jones, Xfinity Series pilot, a legitimate series pilot that uh, could tend for the championship in the Xfinity Series, but uh, he decided to move over to the Arca Series a week or so ago and win that race 
Uh, Brandon Jones next, Xfinity Series pilot here at the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Lucas Oil, it works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Dear Lucas Oil, I've used your heavy-duty oil stabilizer in my truck for years. It now has over a half million miles. It's not a diesel. It's never been rebuilt. Your oil stabilizer does exactly what it says it'll do. It has extended the life of my engine. Just want to say thanks. Sincerely, Josh H. Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer. It works. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined.
handsome Brandon Jones joining us live on many Facebook pages right now. And uh, Brandon, look at me, man. Don't look in the damn camera, bro. Ham, come I'm on. trying to look at our people, man. I'm trying to look at our guests. They don't want to see me looking at you. That's true. And I'm, the people are much better looking than this old man over here. Look, man, what you did today is significant. Not just coming down, taking a flyer. I say a flyer. I'm not making a joke of it. But hopping in a race car in the Arca Series, running on those general tires, that's a big damn deal to come out here and compete with guys full-time in this series full-time in this series that they could come to Xfinity and have a chance to win. What you did here at Charlotte didn't lost on people that like to follow your career. It's a big win for you. It is, man. Absolutely. Right? I mean, these guys are no slouches here. You know, I, I think that um, the, the four or five guys that I had to race for this win today, it was right. tough, man. I mean, I fell back to about fifth or so uh, midway through that, and I wasn't going to pass them. You know, if we had no cautions left, mm-hmm. they were uh, they were really strong today. And so Corey made me work for it at the end. I think Jacob made some really good calls to get us back. Uh, where we need to be balance-wise, sun went down kind of midway through that race, and I think that that played into our favor a bunch, too. You run on another brand of tires in the Xfinity Series, but you're running on general tires, and I heard you talking to uh, Claire with SiriusXM about the compound of the tires. Is that something that you have to get used to going from that other tire to a general tire? Is it that much difference? Typically, we we kind of think it is, you yeah. know, um, but at the same time, man, I mean, it gets blown off pretty fast. Obviously, another tire is going to run tonight on top of that, and so uh, it's going to change again. Um, but, man, I, I always love this general tire. I mean, it, it is a harder compound. It's more of a super speedway-style compound, yeah. um, but it lasts forever. I mean, the whole race never changed for me. The balance was was honestly the same the whole time. For a driver, I love that kind of stuff. That's true. I bet you got to have, have a different mentality. Uh, Brandon Jones joining us here in the Freak Nation, ARCA Series winner for the General Tire 150. Uh, when you're running a different compound, it's like, okay, we got to go 34 laps and we're in. But you're, you're right. That's true. You, you can go the uh, much longer on these harder compounds. Do you drive differently from that perspective? Harder? I, well, to be honest with you tonight, the harder that I drove, almost the slower that I went. It was at the very end there when I'm trying to not necessarily save, but I'm just trying to make sure we get to the end, not have any incidents. Mm-hmm. I'm going faster, man. I'm, I'm trying to slow down to not have incidents. And going faster and so i think that i don't know that says something i mean i think that that might even play in, the, in our favor tomorrow just back in the corner up a little bit try not to overdrive that entry on on mm-hmm. these tires it showed that it didn't like that too much it hurt the balance of the car whenever you would drive the car in too deep and stuff and so it's almost like this this tire wanted to be babied a little bit to gain speed what did you learn today on this track for tomorrow's xfinity race Man, I mean, there are there are similarities, there are differences, right? Mm-hmm. This this car, this this Arkham Menards car, a lot more downforce, a lot a lot of different things going on there. A little bit different motor, different tire compound. We've been talking about at the same time. The restart lanes were very key. I learned on. I had a couple of times where I was on the the top and the bottom on the front row, so I got a, an idea to see what was good, kind of what was was bad. Mm-hmm. I thought almost that outside was a little bit better on restarts there. I was thinking coming into this that the bottom was going to be better, but kind of flipped for me a little bit. Um, in that sense. And then whenever we moved up to the, to the PJ one compound, that's what I wanted to see really tonight. How far could you push that? How, how high could you get up? I saw some guys in Xfinity mm-hmm. kind of get up too high and bust their butt a little bit, you know? And so I was thinking that uh, we don't want to get up too high and stuff, but tonight I actually kept working that rubber up and kept kind of finding that limit. And uh, that was very key for, for me going into tomorrow's race. I hear more and more talk than I have. Maybe it's just the fact that we've been two years dormant with the COVID sitch. But it just seems like I hear PJ1 mentioned more often than not with these tracks. Is it more relevant or, excuse me, more significant in 2022 than it was in the past? 
they're, they're slowly, I think, trying to add it, add it on to more mile and a half. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's three, there's three compounds that I'm aware of. There was PJ one at one point, there's the PJ one resin, there's VP resin. I mean, there's a bunch of things <laughs> that we have to keep up with on our side. Texas last week, same thing, PJ1 resin. So this stuff was supposed to act the exact same now, whether they sprayed it correctly or they sprayed it the same. Mm-hmm. All that stuff could be a little bit different. They dry, they dragged the tire, the, the track. They tried to give us a grip report, and it actually showed that the grip was not as good as the bottom lane. But uh, we, we've seen that in the past kind of um, be that way, and then it still ends up pretty good in the race. And sure. so I've always thought that this stuff tends to do a lot better actually when the track cools off. I mean, people think that, oh, it's going to be hot, it needs to activate and get sticky and gooey. I always think it's better when it gets cool. Is that the majority of the opinion, or is that just Brandon Jones trying to be a little different? I think that's just me, man. I mean, that's what that's what I like. I think that uh, maybe everyone has their own own mindset, own opinion of it. The guys that are used to the old PJ one, I think, <laughs> think that it it does work better when it's hotter. I think this new stuff, in my opinion, man, trends to liking a little bit colder temperature outside. Granted, you've got a race that was run, that started in daylight sunset uh with your xfinity series race tomorrow it's going to be a different setting um do you is that make a difference to you at all it's going to be different from definitely tonight to today yeah Yeah. and that arca race versus that xfinity race i think the group level is going to be a little bit different but it's going to be similar to how we practiced earlier today in the xfinity car i think that that stuff's going to be very close i mean we practiced kind of middle heat today looking at middle of the heat tomorrow as well. Um, so this track, man, I mean, I've, I've never been to a mile and a half of my life where this track goes through as big of balance changes as it does mm-hmm. with the weather. I mean, you, you come in one day thinking, okay, we got our balance close. You'll come back in the next day, some weather will be different or something. And it's like, what did you guys do overnight? And like, <laughs> we didn't touch the thing, you know? Right. And so um, I don't, I don't see any other track changing that much as Charlotte does. Uh, this is on MAV TV's Facebook page. MAV TV will be picking up the, Arca series for the Iowa race, but when you run in an Arca series or another series outside of your full time with Xfinity, do you go to Joe Gibbs or does Joe Gibbs go to you and saying, but we have no problem. You run in these other series. Yeah. So they, they don't care, man. I mean, obviously tonight winning uh, for, for Joe Gibbs in the Arca mm-hmm. series, um, they don't have a, a full team to, to field another full-time car, but they have some guys they can pull from, from other directions that we can come run a couple of races. Um, so that's all I really wanted to do. I really wanted to focus on road courses this year. That's my main goal was to come to this Arkham and Art series to get on like Watkins Glen and a few other those yeah. tracks, you know, and I think that that's obviously everyone's goal. They want to get more laps in these road courses because none of us grew up doing it. Um, but then we ended up picking up a few of these races. I think Charlotte was one, obviously Iowa, Bristol. So we have some more ovals thrown in there that, um, Menards wanted me to come do. So I was really happy to, to obviously take those and, um, always fun to come, come win these things for, for Menards. They, they do so much for my career. They've been mm-hmm. on my, my supers and, uh, stuff for a very long time now. At MAB TV, they have the all American weekend. All right. We've got the supercross, excuse me, the motocross race in Paula, California. Well, Paula, uh, it's Southern California, which is Saturday. You have the Lil 500 Saturday night with MAV TV. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Show Me 100 in Wheaton, Missouri at Lucas Oil Speedway. Are you familiar with any of those races? A little bit, man. I mean, this this week is, yeah. is racing week, right? Yeah, I mean, is. we have a bunch of racing going on. And I think that that going in this Memorial Day weekend, I mean, that's one thing that we all look forward to, watching some racing and stuff, especially on MAV, love, love watching those. Or dirt races, if I'm yep. not familiar, if I'm not correct. Oh, yeah. um, I've been I've been working on some dirt stuff myself, man. I mean, that's one thing that you watch Larson, you watch Bell, all those guys, they all come from that dirt world, man. And so 
it's, I think, key to kind of get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not personally doing it because that's just what Kyle and Bell do. You know, I think that there's values and <laughs> right. stuff to be taken and stuff and learned. I'm not good at it yet. I'm getting better. I'm slowly getting there. But it's a, it's a lot different, a lot fun. Okay, well, that being said, though, I, I don't know your upbringing, but it's interesting to hear the upbringing when I ask the question of, Coca-Cola 600 or Indy 500? Granted, I know you're in the house that the Coca-Cola 600 is going to run, but you know the significance of the Indy 500. Where do you stand? Man, I mean, for as far as the hype around it, I mean, it's like our 500, you know, it's mm -hmm. like our Daytona race, and it's just got so much energy around it. I've never been personally to the Indy 500. What the hell are you doing? I don't know what, what? I'm doing. Look, I think, when is it? It's Sunday, typically. Yeah. So I got to, you know, at some point, we got to take a little bit of time to sit on, the, sit on the couch and watch something, man. We go we go hard all week long. But, uh, I mean, yeah, cool, cool event. One day, it would be fun to, to step into an IndyCar. I don't know about 240, man. That's pretty yeah. aggressive at that place. I've seen some some crazy stuff happen at that track. But uh, I used to love when we, we run the, the old what the Brickyard. I mean, that was a fun place for me. I just started getting really good at, at that oval, and then they switched over to the <laughs> the road course. Of course, they you know they they wanted to switch it up. So um, yeah, I've always always enjoyed watching that. It's been fun. We've been doing speed freaks for twenty two years. It's been fun to see drivers really accept road course racing. It's just part of racing, and the fact that it makes you a better driver. Okay, what you're doing? When we started speed freaks, you probably have 10, 15 ringers on the road courses where the full timers would sit out, and Boris said would come in, or R Ricky Rudd when he retired, he would come. But at your age, I mean, like you say, you you like running on these freaking road courses because it's part of racing now. It's not just like, oh, God, we have two road course races. Let's just try and get through it. Yeah, I mean, they, they're at the point now where if you're not good at road courses, you probably aren't going to make the Final Four, man. I mean, you yeah. really have to be good at a variety of stuff. And I think that that is one thing that kind of separates NASCAR drivers from other people is because we're not just oval track drivers. We're not just that. We're, we're a little bit of everything, man. Mm -hmm. We have to adapt on a weekly basis to what's coming up next. Uh, road courses are, are tough. I mean, especially in a stock car, these cars are not built for, for road courses. I mean, you get in them and you can tell that they're not built for it. You can feel that the way that the, that the weights <laughs> transfer and roll. I mean, these things feel like a bus Yeah, and you go into, you know, a really good car that's built for a road course. And now you really see, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is the real deal. I've grown to like them a bunch, man. At first, obviously it's new. Um, it's fun, but it's also frustrating because you just don't know what, to expect you don't know what you're looking for so that can be frustrating at times yeah. but now man i've been in this sport a long time i've gotten to the point where now I, I know what it takes to win i know how we need to be to to compete for for wins um there was times that we had chances to win road courses last year even so we've stepped up a bunch for sure man it's been a, it's been a fun journey to try to figure that out so what other arca series will you run in this year so I want to say we've got Bristol, uh, Pocono, and uh, Iowa are the are the ovals, and then I think we've got Watkins Glen thrown in there as well. Boom! Because that's when Mav TV picks picks up the Arca series is in Iowa, so we jamming a freaking camera in your face. Yeah, that's right, man. Come find me. Come <laughs> right. find me up top on the board. Hey, have you seen real quick? Have you seen the video of Raja uh, catching his car going up into three and four where he was he was loose anyway? They got up into the resin. Have you seen that yet? Dang, I don't think so. Yeah, you need no, to go I check need to that go out. find that it's out. It's gnarly. Yeah, that's it's gnarly. Crazy. Yeah, he's badass. Dude, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it, guys. Say later. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. There you go. That a boy. That's how we roll here in the Freak Nation. Brandon Jones again here in the Freak Nation. We got about three or four minutes to waste some time of people's business right here. If you look at this last hour and 50 or 45 minutes, we've gone from Formula One's popularity to IndyCar's popularity flailing out there 
to suspending a an old ass twenty four hours Le Mans driver. Call him the right thing. You called him a some bitch. So some bitch. Right? Suspending a some bitch. Yeah. To uh, are there NASCAR drivers in line to be suspended? In one in, in particular, Crasher Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain, given what he did last week in St. Louis, Southern Illinois. Southern Eastern, Southeastern Illinois, Southwestern Illinois, Western, Southwestern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he did with Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. Tell me where you're going to get a show like that stat, man. And then, of course, again, there's those nine wives that we're talking about with uh, the mad Brazilian. Short of Seinfeld, you're not going to get it anywhere. You nope. forgot about our off-road conversations. Right. You forgot about our Supercross conversations. So, yeah. 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 So you're talking about an H pattern. Now, that's what we were raised on. What the hell other pattern were you running in other cars? What is it? Sequential. So it's basically just up and down. It's for or- wussies, man. What's is it? H pattern is the way to go, man. That's how we were raised, Gray. That's why she's always like it. I like it. God. Man, we're, we're killing the H pattern when it comes to shifting. What's the problem? Blame Formula One for that. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like reaching down and grabbing gears. I mean, that's an old saying from Statman, grabbing gears. I mean, you grab the gears, right? Everything that I've raced in off-road has been stick shift. It just hasn't been H-patterned because side by side is an H-pattern. Yeah, where do, you, where do you get the paddle shifts when you start doing this with your hands instead of grabbing gears? You got a whole no, other thing. It doesn't. Work in my brain. I tried it, and there's nothing against it. It just it doesn't it doesn't feel like I should be shifting because there's only two pedals. That's how we roll, uh, Richie. I, I know that from time to time you wake up in the morning feeling like a you're a new man. I'm sure after this show tonight, you feel just like you're so proud to be a part of the freaks, aren't you? Learned. I learned a lot today. Learned a lot. I learned that Kenny has no idea what abbreviations are in the mm-hmm. in the world of the Le Mans series. <laughs> was it e- let's, let's test him. Yeah, what is PLMS? It is the uh, electrocution <laughs> Le Mans series, right? Yeah, that's close. That, that mm-hmm. that'll work in most. Oh, it's the evangelical Le Mans series, right? <laughs> as long as we, as long as we got an NDA in there somewhere, we all we're fine. <laughs> It's the Deshaun Watson yeah. LMP2 series. That's right. Deshaun made the conversation a couple oh times tonight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I found a conversation about my mom, and Statman had to bring up Deshaun Watson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Let's not put one of the greatest women in America in the oh. same sentence with Deshaun Watson. One of the greatest. Oh, yeah. We had a conversation also about a bunch of Ds. True. Speaking of Deshaun, he's the biggest D of all right now. So far. So far, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if Deshaun Watson, in some strange way, will make the freakies this year at the end of the year. There's a lot to happen between now and then. Right. All right, man. Freak Nation, thanks for being a part of this big old thing. You miss any of it. Go to the website, speedfreaks.tv, and available on all your podcasts. Uh, Statman, let's do what we've done for the last almost 22 years. Shoot the juice to the moose. Statman. Cut it loose. Yep. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.